This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, welcome back, Steve. Um, ah, great a, to be here. Had a little break last week, but the, the news goes on. And, of course, <laughs> the big news concerning water is lack of it. I'm hearing more about this year's drought. Is is it worse than uh, last year's drought or our, our last official drought? Well, you know, let me answer a question with a question, okay? Do you remember hearing about houseboats being removed from Lake Orville? Because the water level is so darn low, it's going to damage those boats. That's what's going on right now. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. No. no. It, I mean, do you remember hearing that projected runoff into the reservoirs was overestimated? And that's because the soils in the watershed dried out way more than it normally does. And that created this deficit. What snowpack developed this winter melted because of abnormally warm temperatures? That's that's what's happened in this particular winter. And this dried out the soils to such a degree that when the snow melted in the high country and, and then started to flow downhill uh, into the lower parts of the watershed, that, that water runoff evaporated or it ended up getting absorbed by the soils that were so darn dry. And what was left, which wasn't much of anything, uh, flowed into the reservoirs. So our reservoirs remained empty. We emptied them out anticipating flow. That flow never arrived. That's, that's been the problem. Lake Oroville is expected to drop below the record low, which is 645 feet. Now, that record occurred in September of 1977. And I don't know if you remember, but 1976, 1977, that two-year drought was a really severe drought. So this is being compared at times to that drought. Okay. Uh, Wow. I'll I'll bet farmers are having to make hard choices at this point. You know, they are. I mean, this is something you could probably be very relatable. Uh, Here's an example. I've gotten to know Joe Del Bosque. He's a farmer down in the uh, western side of of the Central Valley in in Fireball area, Los Banos area. And uh, he has a diversified farm. And this part this part of the valley, the west side, they have junior water rights, which means that if there's a water shortage, as there is this year, they're the ones who lose their water first. Well, how do you think a farmer's going to feel about that? 2021's providing him with 5% of his water allocation. So for every 100, he only gets 5. Okay, that's pretty small. Let's put this into terms that we can all relate to, all right? Let's say that you're a family of four. And each person in this area generally per person use on a daily basis about 110 gallons. So, you know, 440 gallons. All right. So if we were told, hey, you can only use 5% of your uh, allocated water uh, in your home per day, um, that would be 22 gallons. So how devastating would that be for your household of four people to use on a daily basis only 22 gallons? gallons. That's that's really a low amount. Well, Joe Del Bosque, he's sacrificing his asparagus fields so his organic melons will have enough water. So basically, he's giving up 100 acres of, of asparagus to allow him to grow 150 acres of melons with that same water. It's either one or the other. That's how they have, have to think. And uh, he's choosing that because he has to look at his economics, too. They have to be around for next year. And the sad part of this that I never really realized this, and we can use asparagus as, as an example, his crop was only five years old. And typically, asparagus has about a 10-year window of being productive, and then you 
you get rid of it and you put in a new crop. So he is not only losing his asparagus for this year because he had to plow it through, he um, he's losing the next five years as well. So farmers have a lot to lose in these droughts. And I, I think all of us could uh, really start paying attention to our local farmers, cert- most certainly, as well as our farmers across across the state. The uh, uh, The really hard part of all this is that because Northern California is experiencing a larger impact, that that has really been accentuated by these higher temperatures that we've been experiencing. We had low we had low precip, but we did have snowpack. But then with those higher temperatures, our our snowpack melted early and that's left us in with this problem. So I mean different areas of California have been impacted in different ways. Uh, tell us more about that, uh, Steve. Well, what I'm, I guess what I'm alluding to is it's not all bad news. I mean, we, up in Northern California regions, we haven't received as much water as we want, which, uh, you know, we have these certain vulnerabilities, but there are other areas that actually did okay. Salinas Valley, Monterey County, and Monterey County, as an example, uh, they're not making any big changes this year because they have sufficient supplies, both in their aquifers and their reservoirs. So when you put it all together at the end of the day, they basically are not feeling the intensity of this extreme drought condition that exists in most of California. Also, the the uh, Hetch Hetchy uh, Valley and, and the reservoir in, in Yosemite National Park, it's nearly at capacity. Now, I'm I'm scratching my head about this because I really don't know how they can escape from being affected by such a poor rain, snow, you know, the totals that we had and, and the warmer temperatures. I wonder, I wonder... Maybe if the water demands on that part of the state system just allowed them to keep more water in their reservoir for some reason, as compared to Folsom and Oroville and Shasta, which are quite low. Are you saying that uh, Hetch Hetchy uh, Valley, they manage their water better than other parts of the state? No, no, I'm not saying that at all. You know, all the areas of the state are managed well. Uh, the problem is uh, different areas have varying levels of responsibilities with all the many different water users, including the environment. So the cumulative water impact for specific areas, really what we're seeing today when we see how much is left over in these in these reservoirs, they've made their decisions to help everybody. And this is where they're at as far as reservoirs uh, uh the capacity of the reservoir is full. For us, the Nevada Irrigation District, uh, last I looked, was at 74% capacity in their reservoirs. You know, that's pretty good considering what's happening. And and I expect groundwater wells to probably weather through this year fairly well with some attention being placed by by the groundwater users that we have in our county. So we, we really uh, will be okay. But we just don't want another year of really low precip and then have a warm winter because uh, having three years in a row of this problem may cause us to feel, you know, to really experience some some discomfort, uh, but certainly with our groundwater wells, but also in our reservoirs. Wow. Lots of news, Steve. Thank you so much. You bet. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker. You can email him with your questions at stevebaker at operationunite.co.